Hey, it's Mirna from Happiness Academy. Welcome to the Happiness Academy podcast, a place where you can discover practical, simple, yet effective tools from the science of positive psychology. You're at the right place if you're looking to live a life of well-being and joy, staying resilient when facing any challenges, and incorporating a sense of meaning in things you do. Ready? Let's dive in. Finally, the topic of well-being at workplace came into our conversation. I'm really looking forward to share with you um, six different foundations that have a big, heavy impact on well-being at workplace and also some practical tips for each of them. Now, these six, they're not like the all comprehensive, everything you should know about well-being at work and everything you should take into account. They're just six things that are really important and have a big impact on well-being at work. So as I will go through them, for each of them, I'll give just a brief explanation and then share two practical tips for each of them. And I would invite you to really think from perspective for each of them, how is this foundation working out for us? Is this strong in our organization? Is it less strong? That's if you're taking care of organization, if you're in the role of an individual, think for yourself, how is this in my own work? And then always ask the question, how can we improve that? What can we implement to make it even stronger? The idea is that after we go through six of them, it would be great if you had a clear focus of one um, or two of them that you would want to invest more focus and energy into because you recognize that there may be a little bit more shaky or unpredictable. Now, before I dive into the first one, I do want to say it is important to think about each of these on two different levels when we think about implementing different initiatives and strategies related to well-being at work. On one side, we want to think like big picture oriented. How can we work with this aspect to really make it sustainable? What is our overall strategy? How we approach this topic or this aspect of well-being at work? What is, you know, happening down the line in a couple of years as we develop as an organization? How are we going to make sure we protect this and we make, you know, this sustainable, protected um, and keep it high over long term? So what is our strategy? What is our big picture thinking? On the other hand, but each of these, we also want to think, what are small things we can implement and add on to boost this thing? You know, what are the different things that we can do that are quick tools that are cheap in comparison to big initiatives, both in terms of finance, but also in terms of effort and time invested? What are small things we can add to the table that will boost and grow and enlarge this aspect without a lot of effort? And we can just keep, you know, sprinkling and dropping these on um, throughout the month and throughout the year to boost things. So think about evolving at work from both of these perspectives and think about these six from both of these perspectives. With that, let's finally start. The first one is engagement. Of course, engagement is one of the most important thing for employees to be satisfied with their work, for all of us to be satisfied with what we do, and it can be really challenging. Now, at Happiness Academy, we work with the topic of engagement primarily through the topic of flow. So if you're curious about diving in deeper in engagement than what I share with you today, make sure to check some of the podcasts on flow. They're coming up in a couple of weeks after this one. And also potentially to join us on a course where online course, Deep Dive into Flow, in which through eight weeks, 
with two hours per week, we go really deep into the topic, explore it with a small group in more experiential way. If you're curious about that, I will attach it to this podcast. But now, two practical tips how you can work on more engagement in your organizations. First one, goals, goals, goals. Uh, when we think about engagement, it really is heavily impacted by what people believe they're working on and why is that important and where is it heading? So it's very related to goals. And when we set the goals, we want to think from three perspectives and check those goals against three aspects. And these are mastery, autonomy and purpose. Maybe you heard of these three in Dan Pink's great book Drive, where he talks about motivation. But not to go very deep into it, uh, important thing is to keep in mind that each employee should have goals ahead of themselves that they're aware of, that they're clear on, and that they feel are purposeful, so meaningful to a point, that give them certain level of autonomy, how they work on that goal and how they achieve it, and that they give them chance to keep on improving, so to developing their skills, to keep on developing mastery. So take a moment to think about that. Don't be shy to pause this podcast at any point and throwing a lot of data on you. So don't be shy to pause and think a little bit about that. How is that working for your work or your workplace and organization in terms of goals and in terms of making them purposeful, giving people autonomy and chance to improve and grow towards mastery within those goals. The second thing related to engagement that is hugely important is that people feel within their workplace at the same time positively challenged and sufficiently supported. So on one side that they feel that they need to push a little bit sometimes and that it's not easy to always achieve all of the tasks and projects that they're working on. But on the other hand, also that it's okay if they do something that's not optimal, if they make a mistake, if they realize some part of the challenge is too big for them, that they will be sufficiently supported from the rest of the organization and that they feel safe to share when they're overly challenged and that becomes stress and so on. Not going to go deeper in that one either, but just think a little bit. How is that in your organization? Does enough of challenge exist in terms of tasks and meaningful tasks and goals? And also do people feel safe and supported? If not, which of these two should you be working on? Now, our aspect number two is relationships. Relationships within the teams, relationship between the team and the management, between every individual and their direct management, management, manager, <laughs> sorry for that. Um, these are all uh, things that heavily, heavily impact satisfaction at work and employee loyalty and employee well-being. So when we talk about relationship, there is so much we could be talking about. But if you want to start with looking into how to make them better, look into two things. First, how can we make communication better? What about communication in the company needs to uh, or can be improved? And on one side, you really want to look into transparency from perspective. Are we communicating things on time? Are we communicating enough? Are we sharing enough of information? Or is there a feeling that there is a lot of unknown or anything like that? Uh, and then also, let's call that constructive communication. So in our communication, do we invite people in proactive place? Do we um, communicate from perspective of positive emotions and things that will be not fake, definitely not fake, but authentic, and at the same time seeing the positive side and being encouraging and empowering? 
So is our communication empowering enough? Um, not necessarily positive in sense perky and sparky, but in sense of empowering that it invites for proactivity and for opportunity and for positive approach to things and that it's not being, well, depressive basically or, or uh, pessimistic. The second thing with communication that is hugely important is appreciation. It is something that it's easy to feel like we're doing enough and actually it might not be enough. So with appreciation, it is really important to give genuine recognition and praise and, and appreciation of different kind to other people in the team, to employees and um, within the organization to have culture of appreciation. Now, I cannot underestimate enough how much on one side this can be neglected, but on the other side, how important it is for every form of appreciation that is truly authentic, that we all build the mindset of gratitude and appreciation and appreciating people for good things that they do and not that we build the habits and culture of communicating appreciation when we don't really mean it. So I cannot underestimate enough, work on that appreciation, but first from the perspective of seeing, noticing, feeling that people are doing good things and recognizing them for that and making it really authentic. Okay, are you ready for number three? Number three is mindset. Now, this is maybe the one that is least under the control or impact of organization or uh, employer. And it's really something that it depends on the employee hugely. But still, there is a lot that also organizations can do to foster more constructive mindset. On one side, maybe the most important thing within mindset that we can do as an organization towards individuals is to build more proactivity and ownership. And how do you do that? By opening pathways for individuals to have influence on the organization. What does that mean? That means when we discuss company goals, not to share them top down with employees and announce what they are, but involve them proactively in having also sharing their feedback, their opinions, their preferences within their goals. Of course, within the limits that that's possible. Similar for company decisions, similar for planning, yearly planning, quarterly planning. As much as we can, involving people in that to a level where their influence is, but still involving them to have their voices heard within the planning, decision-making, uh, goal uh, design process, it makes a huge impact on people having feeling that they're actually active and proactive part of an organization. The second thing is asking for a lot of feedback, having an open roots where people can continuously give feedback, truly building a feedback culture, feedback skills of employees, and having on one side those permanently open channels to give feedback, but on the other side also specific moments when we ask and encourage that feedback so people would also have reminder to give it and, and to work with it. Now, if we ask for feedback, it only works if we're gonna also communicate about what we did with the feedback we received. Sometimes that means we'll implement some changes or be working on some longer term changes. And then we wanna communicate, this is what we are implementing. But even when feedback is impossible to implement or we it's not aligned with what the organization is doing at the moment, we still want to communicate. We heard you, we understood this feedback, yet at the moment, because of this and this, 
we're going to do it differently, keeping your feedback in mind and looking for opportunities in the future when we can incorporate it. This acknowledgement, even though, of course, it also feels a bit negative because it's like, oh, they're not doing what I thought they should do. But still, it gives people impression that their voice has been heard and it gives people impression that, yeah, that they're part of the conversation. Now, the second thing with mindset, a part of keeping it more proactive and trying to give more ownership, is also a growth mindset and attitude towards mistakes. It is not very useful to give a lot of ownership to people if then they're not set up for success and if they're not allowed to make mistakes. So when we build a culture of more and more ownership, it has to go hand in hand with also um, having uh, chances to do it their way and also having chances to do mistakes and then learn from those mistakes. So when we talk about growth mindset, we talk about on one side having the attitude and culture of an uh, uh, organization where we encourage people to keep on learning and encourage them that in every aspect they can keep on learning and grow. And on the other hand, to also show that by walking the talk, by building the habits such as reviews and feedback sessions after the projects, um, ways of learning, empowering them to learn different skills better, supporting them in different ways to help them learn, but also giving them enough of autonomy that they're free to make some mistakes. And most importantly, with attitude towards mistakes, that when a mistake happens, that we turn it into learning opportunity for everyone and not into something that needs to be you know, punished or avoided at all costs. Once we build productivity and ownership and also growth mindset in the organization, we can also move on to our aspect number four. Number four is purposefulness or sense of meaning in our work. Now, purposefulness in organization can be worked on in many ways, but to them, sharing two with them. One is the goals, back to the goals. Feeling of sense of meaning at work comes very much, very strongly from what is it that we are trying to achieve? What is it that I'm actually working on to create or to achieve? Now, in this, the most important thing, and maybe sometimes most overlooked one, is the connection between individual goals and the company goals. So for each individual, their sense of meaning will come from their own work and their own goals within their work. However, of course, in comparison to huge company goals, sometimes this can be, feel a little bit small, you know, small thing to work on. And it's hard for people to connect how is their goals and their work, how are their goals and their work, contributing to those big company goals. What is the connection? And that's a connection we want to keep on building and strengthening. So if you want to do just one thing for stronger sense of meaning and stronger sense of purpose in the work of every individual, that is to work with that individual in understanding what are their goals and are they meaningful for them. And if not, how can we fine tune them a bit that they're still relevant for the organization, but that they also are a bit more meaningful for that employee. And then connecting, strengthening the connection, communicating more about the connection between goals of that individual and the goals of the organization. 
The second thing, when we talk about being driven by purpose and meaning and feeling that something is meaningful, when um, people work on their sense of meaning, very often there are three things that come across as important things that have an impact on their sense of meaning. One is, what am I creating? So that's back to the goals. What am I actually trying to do? What am I actually trying to create? How will that look like? The vision of the thing I'm creating and actually feeling that my work has some outcome, ideally tangible outcome, tangible in terms I can see it and, and feel it and touch it. But even if it's abstract, we can paint the picture of that outcome. So what are we creating? But then the second thing is, how am I learning? How am I advancing? How am I becoming better as a person, improving my life in some way and myself? So the second source of meaning for people is that sense of learning. So we also want to ask, how are we feeding that in the organization? And the third one is a more altruistic one, the sense of helping someone else, sense of serving someone else, sense of doing something that contributes further than just to myself, also to someone else, to the world, to animals, to other people, whatever it might be. Now, for people, it's a little bit individual and related to their values in life, which of these three are more strong and which are less relevant. Because of that, as an organization, we want to seek to provide the opportunity and support people to strengthen and build all three of these to strengthen and build sense that they're creating something tangible, that they're learning and improving in the process, and that their work is contributing also to others, not just to themselves. Now, I threw a lot at you by now. Don't be shy to pause the podcast for a minute and think about all of this. How are these three working out for you in your work or for your organization? Which one can you be strengthening? And I'll, in the meantime, be moving on number five, if you don't pause me. <laughs> no. Number five is recharge. Quality recharge and maintaining good individual energy to be able to work better and deal better with stress truly comes from the culture of an organization. If organization is very hustle and, you know, like achieve, 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 push harder, always work, more of a workaholic culture, then it will be really hard for individual to carve their way within that. So when we think about what culture we want to build to create foundation for really good recharge that will give us a lot of energy to work on quality things and to achieve our goals, there are again two things we want to start with. First one is to create good rhythm between being fully focused, pushing hard, being connected to things we are working on and being fully disconnected, having a chance to truly move away from the thing that we are working on. Now, this rhythm needs to exist daily, weekly, monthly, and yearly. What does that mean? That means leave people alone after work on work days, during their weekends, um, try to build opportunity for mini holidays almost every month or every couple of months, just an extra day, longer weekend, something like that. And try to build those yearly opportunities to truly recharge. Only when we have disconnect time can we be properly, fully connected to our work with quality. If we never build a disconnect, 
then our quality is kind of flimsy as well. It's kind of like not sleeping for a long, long time. Our capacity is lower, our focus is lower, our cognitive abilities and ability to, to be sharp in solving problems and making decisions is all lower if we don't have the, create those disconnect opportunities. So don't miss to do that. Uh, recognize that if people don't reply to email or message after work, that's actually better for the quality of their work tomorrow. Now, amazing book on this topic is The Power of Full Engagement by Schwartz. And I can't remember the other author, but you'll find it already through this. I'll also link it into the description. If you feel you struggle with this um, ability to disconnect or with energy levels personally or within organization, check it out. The second thing truly important for recharge is that leadership role models it. It will never happen if we talk about not replying to emails after work, disconnecting in quality way, taking vacations and whatnot to individuals, and then leadership never does it, that will just, you know, not work. So you really have to um, prioritize um, leadership walking the talk and modeling that conversation. Now, with that, we are approaching the sixth foundation, the last one, and that is resilience. I cannot overestimate enough how important resilience is. Ability to deal well with challenges and also with stress, the mental strength does not only define how we deal with any big challenges at work, but it also defines how open we are to build big goals and to reach higher and to choose to push harder and achieve something. So resilience is not only a way of coping with problems, it's also a way of pushing and fulfilling truly our potential. Now, how can we work on resilience in an organization? It's a huge topic. It's one I work with a lot and it's easy to go very deep into it, but I will stop with two tips today. If you want to discover more, I'm also doing an online course on resilience once per year with nine modules of two hours, where we really dive in into different aspects and how to work on these. Now, but let's start with this. In organization, first thing you need to keep in mind about resilience is it needs to be customized for each individual. What does that mean? Each of us has a very different way that we build resilience. In that way, resilience is different than well-being. It's not a list of checkboxes you need to satisfy that create your foundation. No, it's much more complex than that. Some people rely a lot on their relationships for resilience. Some people rely a lot on their mindset. Some people rely a lot on their physical energy and many more aspects. And each of us has a combination of what we rely on and combination of which challenges we deal with better or worse. I'll give you an example. For some people, it's hard to deal with the challenge that's very high pressure, even if it's for a short time. So high pressure goal, a presentation at work or something like that. For someone that can be really difficult. For others, lack of understanding of like lack of information, a lot of ambiguity, a lot of unknown stretched over a long period of time can be much more difficult. So each person has specific challenges that are more challenging for them and specific parts of resilience they rely on. And the best way of strengthening their resilience is work with their model of the world and work with exactly how it works for them. So building skill of resilience 
uh, on individual level, I would highly recommend to approach it by individual training on resilience and by working with each person a little bit on personalized level to develop their mechanisms. In each case, it needs to be personalized. Resilience cannot be uh, built by, you know, five rules or five habits or something like that. It needs to be individualized. The second thing about resilience building is to be aware that it is a balance between organization and individual skills. The individual skills is something that is quite not so related to organizational resilience. So when we talk about resilience, we want to work on it on the level of the team and organization and really ask, you know, how is it working for us? What are the main foundations? What can we improve? And that's a lot based on the culture of team, on communication on, in team, on quality of relationships within the team and so on. And also the way we manage projects and workload and so on. On the other hand, individual resilience is how each individual within the team deals with their own specific challenges. And while support from the team can be welcome and useful, it does not totally influence and contribute the team, uh, the individual resilience. So on resilience in every organization, we always want to work on two levels and ask, are we building resilient teams and organization? But then also is every individual in this organization resilient and how can we support them? I hope I gave you some ideas with this. I understand the resilience bit is a bit abstract because it's such a huge topic, but that's also one. I will link the course also in the description and definitely invite you to, you know, come explore it with me on a little bit longer course, diving in deeper, really understanding what drives resilience and how to build it. And of course, um, in some of the future podcasts, resilience will be the topic as well, uh, but not just yet. We have too many topics to cover before. So with all of that in mind, very quick summary and inviting you to think uh, which of the six would you want to work on and how are they doing in your organization? First, engagement. Second, relationships. Third, mindset. Four, purposefulness, sense of meaning. Five, recharge. And six, resilience. That's our six foundations that we'll be, um, you know, um, starting with uh, to build a well-being in any organization. If you're looking to discover more about any of them or all of them, do join us on Happiness Academy newsletter if you're not there yet. I keep writing about many connected topics a lot. And if you want to dive in deeper specifically into flow or resilience, flow engagement or resilience, uh, I am delivering courses on this. Uh, flow starting very soon if you're listening with this podcast at the moment it was issued and resilience at the beginning of next year but check the links in the description um, and discover more about this i hope maybe some of you join me on this journey and dive really deeper and more practical into these topics and work on strengthening those skills within your organization Thank you for exploring this topic with me. I hope you found some exciting ideas and tools that you will use already today. Remember, they only work if you put them in practice, but then they make all the difference. If you like Happiness Academy podcast, do leave us a rating and a review. It will be really helpful. And if you haven't done it yet, click on the links in the episode description to discover free materials and valuable resources to dive in deeper. See you in the next episode or at the Happiness Academy newsletter.